Greetings and Shalom Mishpacha. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Have Something to Say in Spirit and Truth with your sister Ajabatia Lisha. So family, uh, as most of you know, we are now approaching the feast time of uh, Sukkot. The Feast of Tabernacles, uh, as I mentioned already in the installment I did on Ezra, and I covered Ezra ch- uh, chapters 1 through 4. Okay, so in this episode, I'm going to take you back to the very first Sukkot, okay? Um, guys, please get your Bibles for this one. I would like for you to read along with me, okay? We're going to be reading uh, Exodus chapter 6, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 23, verse 16, chapter 34, verse 22, Leviticus 23, 34 through 43, we're going to be in the book of Numbers 29, 12 through 40, Deuteronomy 16, 13 and 15, Ezra 3, 4, and Nehemiah 8, 13 through 18. So guys, please make sure you grab your Bibles. I will be uh, coming, going back and forth. I'll be using the Cipher, uh as well as possibly uh, the TH. Uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'll be using the KJV AAE for this one. Okay, family. So sit tight and I'll be right back after a word about my sponsor. Guys. Before we get into this, I just had a hold up, wait a minute moment, and I want this to resonate with you guys because this is going to, it it leads up to the question that I posed at the end of this segment that I'm going to let my, uh, my elder come in and chime in on. Well, let me not even say let, I am going to pray that we are blessed and graced with the wisdom and the anointing that sits upon the shoulders, that sits within the bowels of my elder, and and he's going to answer this question for us, okay? And I just want to start off with this scripture here. In Yovelim 6, Jubilees chapter 6, starting in verse 34. And it reads... And all the children of Yisharel or Yasharel will forget and will not find the path of the years and will forget the new moons and seasons and Sabbaths and they will go wrong as to all the order of the years. For I know and from henceforth will I declare it unto you and it is not of my own devising for the for lies written before me and on the heavenly tablets the division of days is ordained, lest they forget the feast of the covenant and walk according to the feasts of the other nations after their error and after their ignorance. Hear this, guys. For I know, and from henceforth will I declare, says the writer of Jubilees, And it is not for my own devising. What does he say? For the sea for lies written before me. And on the holy tablets, the division of days is ordained. Lest they forget the feasts of the covenant and walk according to the feasts 
of the other nations, after their error, and after their ignorance. Family, if your times line up with their times, something's wrong. If the times of our holy feasts line up with the times that the imposters observe these feasts that don't belong to them, red flags should be raised, if you ask me. Verse 36. For there will be those who will assuredly make observations of the moon how it disturbs the seasons and comes in from year to 10. I'm sorry, how it comes in from year to year, 10 days too soon. I'm going to read that again. I hate when I stumble because sometimes, you know, especially if you guys are just following along with me and you're not uh, opening up the scriptures for yourselves, it is imperative that I say the words exactly as they are. So, Yav Helene 6, 36. For there will be those who will assuredly make observations of the moon, how it disturbs the seasons, and comes in from year to year, ten days too soon. For this reason, the years will come upon them when they will disturb the order. The order, the order of what? The divine order that Yahuwah placed everything in. Anything that disturbs that order is Hasatan, family. For this reason, the years will come upon them when they will disturb the order and make an abominable day, the day of testimony, and an unclean day, a feast day. And they will confound all the days, the holy with the unclean, and the unclean day with the holy for they will go wrong as to the months and the Sabbaths and the feasts and the Jubilees. How many people are still keeping the Jubilees? It is hard enough for us to even remember his name and stand by it. How many are keeping the Jubilees? We're arguing over Passover. We're arguing over Sukkot. <sighs> Verse 38. For this reason I command and testify to you that you may testify to them. For after your death, your children will disturb them so that they will not make the year 300 and 64 only. How many years do we have on our calendar? How many days to a year, family? We got 365, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yaf Halim, 6.38. For this reason, I command and testify to you that you may testify to them. For after your death, and they're speaking to our ancestors, Right? For after your death, your children will disturb them. Will disturb what? The times. So that they will not make the year 364 days only. For this reason, they will go wrong. As to the new moons and seasons 
and Sabbaths and feasts. And they will eat all kinds of blood with all kinds of flesh. Their holiday turkeys, their holiday hams, their stuffed little teeny tiny Cornish hens. <sighs> all right, family, let's get into this. I took the liberty of going online and um, getting some information so that I could explain this um, holy feast time of Sukkot to some of you who've never heard of it before. And uh, to those of you that have, then this should just be a confirmation, okay, for you. So here we go. It says, the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot or Feast of Booths is a week-long festival commemorating the 40-year journey of the Israelites in the wilderness, along with Passover and the Festival of Weeks. Sukkot is one of the three great pilgrimage feasts recorded in the Bible when all Jewish males were required to appear before the Lord in the temple in Yerushalayim. Sukkot is one of three major pilgrimages, again, of festivals for Israel, commemorating the 40 years of wilderness wanderings, as well as the completion of the harvest or agricultural year. The Feast of Tabernacles lasts one week. For them, they say, beginning on the 15th day of the month of Tishrei, which is uh, somewhere between September or October, as it shows here, uh, five days after the Day of Atonement at the end of the harvest. So, guys, um, the only difference between this and um, the time that I observe is, to be honest, uh, the time are just a bit off because these times that are being observed are still according to excuse me, to the Gregorian calendar, okay? I have chosen to um, follow the timeline according to creatorscalendar.com. It resonates with my spirit that these are uh, the appointed times. And um, so that's just when I do it. And I'm not knocking anyone that um, does it from, you know, the 15th to the 21st. We are all uh, trying to do our best here in the land of our captivities. We are all trying to go back to the ancient ways to doing things the way that um, Yahuwah Eloah wants us to do things. Okay. So again, um, this time for me is actually here and now. Uh, it starts on the 21st and ends on uh, the 28th. Hallelujah. Okay, so anyway, family, let's go back to the literature. It says here, the Jewish people built temporary shelters for the feast to remember their deliverance from Egypt by the hand of Yah. 
The Feast of Tabernacles is known by many names. Feast of Shelters, Feast of Booths, Feast of Ingathering, and Sukkot. The word Sukkot means booths. Throughout the history, I'm sorry, throughout the holiday, Jews observed this time by building and dwelling in temporary shelters, just like the Hebrew people did while wandering in the desert. This joyous celebration is a reminder of Yah's deliverance, protection, provision, and faithfulness. The observance of the Feast of Tabernacles is recorded, as I stated earlier, in Exodus 23, 16, 34, 22, Leviticus 23, 34 to 43, Numbers 29, 12 through 40, Deuteronomy 16, 13 to 15, Ezra 3, 4, and Nehemiah 8, 13 through 18. The Bible reveals dual significance in the Feast of Tabernacles. Agriculturally, Sukkot is Israel's Thanksgiving. It is a joyous harvest festival celebrating the completion of the agricultural year. As a historical feast, its main characteristic is the requirement of Israel's people to leave their homes and to dwell in temporary shelters or booths. The Jews built these booths, temporary shelters, to commemorate their deliverance from Egypt and their protection, provision, and care by the hand of Yah during their 40 years in the wilderness. As a feast instituted by Yahuwah, Sukkot was never forgotten. It was celebrated in the time of Solomon. He, Solomon, offered sacrifices for the Sabbaths, the new moon festivals, and the three annual festivals, the Passover celebration, the festival of harvest, and the festival of shelters, as Moses had commanded in 2 Chronicles 8.13. In fact, it was during Sukkot that Solomon's temple was dedicated. So all men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the entire month of Ethnaim. Exodus 34, 22 and perform the festival of Sukkot for yourself of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering at the turn of the year. Leviticus 23, 34-43 Speak to the children of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day, of this seventh new moon is the festival of Sukkot for seven days to Yahuwah. On the first day is the set-apart gathering. You do no servile work. For seven days you bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. 
on the eighth day there shall be a set-apart gathering for you, and you shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. It is a closing festival. You do no servile work. These are the appointed times of Yahuwah, which you proclaim as set-apart gatherings to bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah, an ascending offering and a grain offering, a slaughtering and drink offerings as commanded for every day. Besides the Sabbaths of Yahuwah, and besides your gifts, and besides all your vows, and besides all your voluntary offerings which you give to Yahweh, on the fifteenth day of the seventh new moon, when you gather in the fruit of the land, celebrate the festival of Yahuwah for seven days. On the first day is a rest, on the eighth day is a rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of good trees, branches of palm trees, twigs of leafy trees, and willows of the stream, and shall rejoice before Yahweh your Elohim for seven days. And you shall celebrate it as a festival to Yahweh for seven days in the year, a law forever in your generations celebrated the seventh new moon again i'm going to repeat it a law forever in your generations celebrated in the seventh new moon dwell in booths or dwell in sukkahs for seven days all who are native born in yisrael dwell in booths so that your generations Know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Family, I'm going to be honest. I thought that after the reading of these verses or somewhere mid-verse, somewhere along the the time allotted uh, for this segment, that I would be doing a breakdown and I would be explaining and uh, that's not going to happen. What's happened is I have become extremely humbled. There are so many trying to intellectualize these feast days and these appointed times. They're arguing, do it this way, do it that way, do it at this time and do it at that time. And what I want to express is be glad at this time you even honestly know his name. Be humbled and appreciative that at this time you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because you have the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. You keep 
the commandments of the Torah to the best of your abilities in the land of your captivities. Knowing that your salvation is not won by works, but your faith is spoken through your works. The things that you do and the things that you don't do are a testament of your faith. So just be so appreciative that you understand that these times are feast times for your family, for your bloodline, for those that worship and serve the Allahim of Yisrael. But do not think for one minute that if you have the perfect table set up and if you, you know, you read the, the right verses that you're more righteous than the person that does not observe these things in that way here in this land. Be humbled and be appreciative that one day you will be able to be in the land of promise, in your own land, celebrating these feasts that he said that we should observe in all of our generations. Family, just understand that right now where we are, we are to be lamenting and repenting and turning from our wicked ways and waking up to the truth, renewing our minds, not conforming to the ways of this world, that we may know what is the perfect and acceptable will of Yahuwah Elohim. I honestly thought that this whole segment was going to go a different way. Shalom, family. Let's get it right. Let's get tight, Israel. For narrow is the path to righteousness. Wide is the road to destruction. We're so loose and everything goes. We do more scrutinizing of our brother or sister's walk than our own. Make straight the path because Yahusha is on his way back. Numbers chapter 29, starting at verse 12. And on that day when you wave the sheaf, you shall prepare a male lamb, a year old, a perfect one, an ascending offering to Yahuwah, and its grain offering, two tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to Yahuwah, a sweet fragrance, and its drink offering, one-fourth of a hen of wine. And you do not eat bread or roasted grain or fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your Allahim. A law forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. So for me, family, when it says in all your dwellings, this actually means in every place that you live. So 
the brothers and sisters that choose to still keep these feast days to the best of their knowledge, to the pro- to the appropriate time. They're not in sin. They're not out of line. Okay. Hallelujah. So let's continue. Verse 15. And from the marrow after the Sabbath, or I'm sorry, and from the morrow, meaning the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, you shall count for yourselves seven completed Sabbaths. Until the morrow after the seventh day, you count 50 days. Then you shall bring a new grain offering to Yahuwah. Bring from your dwellings for a wave offering two loaves of bread of two tenths of an ephah of a fine flour they are, baked with leaven, first fruits to Yahuwah. And besides the bread, you shall bring seven lambs a year old. Oh, you shall bring seven lambs a year old. So seven one-year-old lambs shall you bring, perfect ones, and one young bull and two rams. They are ascending offering to Yahuwah with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for a sweet fragrance to Yahuwah. Can you imagine, you know, that this fine choice meat with the aromatic fragrances from the wine, you know, I can imagine it smelled good and they probably used some bitter herbs and things of that nature. I don't want to assume because it doesn't say so as of yet, but I know like how our people get down and how we cook. This has to smell wonderful family. Verse 19, and you shall offer one male goat as a sin offering and two male lambs a year old as a slaughter of peace offerings. And the priests shall wave them besides the bread of first fruits as a wave offering before Yahuwah, besides the two lambs. They are set apart to Yahuwah for the priest. And on the same day, you shall proclaim a set-apart gathering for yourselves. You do no servile work on it, and this shall be a law in your dwellings throughout your generations. And it says here, I miss the word in all of your dwellings. So this means in any and every place that you shall live, this shall be something observed by all of your generations. Hallelujah. Verse 23. And when you reap the harvest of your land, do not completely reap the corners of your field when you reap and do not gather any gleaning from your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am Yahuwah your Elohim. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh new moon, on the first day of the new moon, you have a rest, a remembrance of the Teruah. Oh, Teruah. Yes. Okay, and I'm going to click on this footnote. Teruah, soundings by instrument or by human voice. The trumpet. Hallelujah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
verse 25. You do no servile work, and you shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe, or Moshe, saying, On the tenth day of this seventh new moon is Yom HaKippurim. It shall be a set-apart gathering for you, and you shall afflict your beings, and shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. This is where the fasting comes in, family, when it says to afflict your beings, to deny yourself, to be in a state of like mourning and suffering. And y'all know when y'all ribs is touching when you fasting, okay? Um, I read something where it says they wear no lotions. You know, they don't they don't do anything special for themselves at all. They're literally in a time of like suffering and like supplication and lamenting. And when I say they, meaning we should be. Hallelujah. Um, so what does it say? Verse 28. And you do no work on that same day, for it is Yom Kippurim to make atonement for you before Yahuwah, your Elohim, for any being who is not afflicted on that same day, he shall be cut off from his people. And any being who does any work on that same day, that being shall destroy from the midst of his people. You do no work, a law forever throughout your generations in all of your dwellings. So let this part be for him who have ear to hear, her who has ear to hear. Hear this, verse 31, you do no work. A law forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. So for those of us that have employment in the lands of our captivities, when the Ruach speaks to you the appointed time, do not continue on with life as usual. You must cease and desist from all of your servile work. You serve nothing and no one but Yahuwah. During this time. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Verse 32. It is the Sabbath of rest to you. And you shall afflict your beings. On the ninth day of the new moon at evening. From evening to evening. You observe your Sabbath. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe saying. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of the seventh new moon is the festival of Sukkot. For seven days to Yahuwah. On the first day is a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work. For seven days you bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. On the eighth day there shall be a set-apart gathering for you. And you shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. It is a closing festival. You do no servile work. Verse 37. These are the appointed times of Yahuwah, which are, I'm sorry, which you proclaim as a set apart gathering. To bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. 
an ascending offering and a grain offering, a slaughtering and drink offerings, as commanded for every day. Besides the Sabbaths of Yahuwah, and besides your gifts, and besides all your vows, and besides all your voluntary offerings which you give to Yahuwah. On the fifteenth day of the seventh new moon, when you gather in the fruit of the land, celebrate the festival of Yahuwah for seven days. On the first day is a rest, and on the eighth day is a rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the first fruit of good trees, branches of palm trees, twigs of leafy trees, and willows of the stream, and shall rejoice before Yahuwah your Elohim for seven days. And you shall celebrate it as a festival to Yahuwah for seven days in the year, a law forever in your generations. Celebrated in the seventh new moon. Okay, family, we are now in Numbers verses, I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 29, verses 12 through 40. And on the 15th day of the seventh new moon, you have a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work, and you shall celebrate a festival to Yahuwah seven days. And you shall bring near an ascending offering and an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance to Yahuwah, thirteen young bulls, two rams, fourteen lambs a year old, perfect ones they are, and their gain, I'm sorry, and their grain offering fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the thirteenth bowls, for the thirteen bowls, two-tenths for each of the two rams, and one-tenth for each of the fourteen lambs. And one male goat, this is expensive. Guys, these were really wealthy uh, agriculturalists. I'm telling you, they went in for this. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. Wait a minute now. Verse 15. And one-tenth for each of the 14 lambs, and one male goat as a sin offering, besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. So basically, this was extra on top of what you already uh, are commanded to give during that time as a tribute to Yahuwah. You have to bring that and then this for this special time. So in no wise are you to slack on your original uh, uh, covenant, on the original obligations due to you at, at a specific point in time. So Yahuwah, like, you know, your regular Sabbaths and your new moons and things of that nature. Okay, it says here, and one male goat as a sin offering besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the second day, 12 young bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs by their number according to the right ruling. And one male goat as a sin offering, besides the continual ascending offerings with its grain offering and their drink offerings. 
and on the third day, 11 bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs by their number, according to the right ruling, and one goat as a sin offering, besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. Then on the fourteenth day, ten bulls, two rams, fourteen lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, and their number according to the right rulings. Verse 28. And one male goat as a sin offering, besides the continual ascending offerings, its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the fifth day, nine bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, by their number according to the right ruling. And one goat as a sin offering, besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the sixth day, eight bulls, two rams, fourteen lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, by their number, according to the right ruling. And one goat, as a sin offering, besides the ascending offerings, its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the seventh day, seven bulls, two rams, fourteen lambs, a year old, perfect ones, and their grain offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, by their number, according to the right ruling, family. Something just hit me, and I'm going to explain it to you after I get to the end of the verses for this portion. Okay? Whoa. You hear it? And, and, and no, that's not even it. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four fit. Right? Y'all, y'all hearing the pattern of how the imposters, okay? Because you guys, if you guys go back to the segment before this, I explained to you guys why I believe in my Ruach that our Mashiach was born around that feast time, that festival time of Sukkot when they were making a pilgrimage. And, you know, they had to be in tents and in booths and there was no room for him because they weren't expecting Miriam to be giving birth at that time. They were just going, you know, to go take the senses and, and things of that nature. I'm going to look more into that family, but I, I really, really believe in my Ruach that that's how it kind of ties in. And this is why I believe that it was around this time. Our Mashiach was born around the time of Sukkot. Okay. I thought I was going to spit it at the end, but I said it now. Anyway, may edification come forward. Uh, if there are any people that are trained in the verses and more mature than I am and are, are at a different level than I am, then please clarify this. But this is what I'm feeling right now. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. All ye praise Yahuwah. Verse 34. 
and one goat as a sin offering besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the eighth day, you have an assembly to do no servile work. And you shall bring near an ascending offering, an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance to Yahweh, one bull, one ram, seven lambs, a year old, perfect ones, their grain offering, their drink offerings for the bull, for the ram, and for the lambs, by the number according to the right ruling. And one goat as a sin offering. Besides the continual ascending offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering, these you prepare to Yahuwah at your appointed times, besides your vow offerings and your voluntary offerings, as your ascending offerings and your grain offerings, as your drink offerings and your peace offerings. As Moshe spoke to the children of Yisrael, according to all Yahuwah had commanded Moshe. Desire truth, the inward parts 
Okay, family. So I I plan to go and you guys heard uh, the list of all of the scriptures I wanted to share with you right now during this segment. But you know what? I am going to relinquish you right now. Go do whatever it is you need to do. Please tune in and accept the next invitation to part three of the feast days. Should we keep them? Were they a mandate unto us unto forever, no matter where we were? I don't know. Do you know? Let's find out by searching this out in the scriptures. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Have Something to Say with your sister, Aja Batia Alicia. Thank you. Shalom. Family, once again, thank you so much for listening. And I'm not closing out uh, as of yet. This segment is going to continue. I'm going to ask my elder, my teacher, uh, the person who Yahuwah has put in my life uh, for me to be under, for me to glean from, for me to learn from. And he has actually uh, decided to take the charge to cover this podcast ministry, I have something to say under his umbrella of anointing Mashiach's assembly. So to answer this question, I would love for him to come in and just edify us all with, should we be still keeping the feast days according to the word that we have read that it says it should be unto our generations wherever we dwell forever. I think the best thing, the wisest thing for me to do is let my teacher come in and edify us in chapter three of this segment. So guys, please tune in to the next one. It's coming right behind this in spirit and truth. <laughs>